is Power Ballad Friday on the panel, isn't isn't it, Linda Helen Ann? Are you feeling the power? Are oh, you feeling the power? That's a very special song for me. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, after several beers too many, I um, fell over on the dance floor of the Drury Rugby Club okay. and broke my arm to Bon Jovi, and I met my husband the same night. So there you go. Turn it up just for ten seconds. Here we go. <sighs> just for Linda. Here we go. <laughs> Dancing together, I should say, at the time. <laughs> I should point that out. I was dancing you, with my sister. You met your husband because of Blaze of Glory. And, Guy, I was thinking politically, because you're all about local elections, wouldn't this make a great um, campaign for your Leo Malloys or your Wayne Browns or your Efeso Collins? I think that is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. 1990? Um, Absolute, Why? absolute garbage. It was released in 1990. Um, I want to hear what Guy says. He's, Sorry. He's, he's, pra- <laughs> he's tramping, trampling all over this power ballad. Guy, hello. No, honestly, just because you heard the song when you were young doesn't mean it was good. It uh-huh. has no artistic merit. Mm-hmm. It's horrible to listen to. Right. And it's embarrassing that you're trying to dig up this part of your past. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear from Linda... What was the circumstances of meeting your husband that night when you broke your arm? Well, actually, I didn't meet him that night. He was too chicken to say hello, but I broke my arm, and off I went like a little bird with a wounded wing. Obviously, it was, you know... I can't believe that and song is 32 mysterious... years old. Yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, time flies. I completely and utterly think that what you've just said about Power Glory is a bit of a disgrace, Guy. Yeah. Um, really flailing. He probably wasn't born Listen then. to your music. Yeah. Listen to this. I, I reckon the music your kids listen to, mm-hmm. whether it be mumble core rap, has, yeah. has more artistic merit than this junk you're serving up. <sighs> All right, 24 to 5, the panel is, well, I like it. Um, Can I just say one more thing yeah. on, jo- on Bon Jovi? Isn't it funny how Big Hair hasn't made it come back in 32 years? There you go. <laughs> Must be coming soon, That's hey? coming up on the panel next week, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and equally big news. Okay, so Guy, oh, you, a lot of feedback coming around. Can't, I cannot believe you, Wallace. So my mum, 88, flies in. It's not, the, the story wasn't about me. Um, I love Blaze of Glory. Glory. I agree with Guy. The dirge is appalling. Your blacks. Let's talk about them. I was going to say, speaking of appalling. The, hey, 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 hey. They're heading to South Africa. The first rugby championship test in uh, Momombela is on Sunday morning, 5 past 3 a.m. New Zealand time. A lot riding on this. The All Blacks have lost four of the last five tests. It's the first time in 13 years and just the fourth time in the history of New Zealand sport betting that the All Blacks go into a test as the underdog. Hamish Bidwell, sports writer and journalist, is with me. Kia ora, Hamish. Afternoon. Well, well, well. What sort of a team will the All Blacks be up against Sunday? Oh, a better team, and a better coach team, and probably a winning team. I, I, I have to declare an interest, um, I had to put a bet on for my syndicate, and uh, you mentioned the odds before. Yeah. I've gone for All Blacks 13+, plus, which is probably <laughs> a little bit optimistic. They pay the best odds. We're sure we haven't had a successful season on the punt, so uh, I've gone big, and we'll see how we, we go there. But uh, in all seriousness, um, if you love rugby and you love New Zealand, you'll love these because they could be the end of the senior coach. He's um, the executive of Mark Robinson signal that to they have confidence in Foster for this two-match series, and then we'll see what happens. And I guess we're predicting that. 
God. For them. Yeah. Hey, just turn your head just one way, Hamish. You're starting to break up a little bit. But I was reading that there is a belief, there's a belief that former box, uh, from former box, that the All Blacks simply don't have the power athletes to cope with what's going to be coming their way. What do you think? Oh, it's entirely true. So we've got a, uh, a, a really poor forward pack. We have quite head props. And then we have a really uh, weak and ineffectual bench. South Africa have signaled their intention. They picked six forwards and only two backs on their bench. So they just want to bash New Zealand and bash them hard and hope that we'll, um, we'll give in. And that's been the message that teams have used against New Zealand in recent times. They've, they've seen there's a soft underbelly. They know they can be bullied around and that's what they're going to do. Mm. Linda. Oh, look, I, I feel really unpatriotic because I, I was one of those kids that went to the All Blacks games with my dad and used to collect up the autographs and thought they were heroes and gods and all that sort of stuff. And now I just I quite like a challenge. And I actually watched that um, Irish series. That's the first rugby I've watched in years and years and years. And I was rooting for the Irish, not just because I used to be an old Hallaman back in the day, but because, you know, you don't want somebody who wins all the time. And I actually thought when the um, All Blacks management put out that press release saying that to lose is unacceptable, I thought well, that when you're a little kid, if you try that line, you're called a bad sport you know you have to lose some somebody else has to win sometimes otherwise it's dull and I think you know it's quite good to have a period where your confidence is tested especially if we actually want to win the World Cup. Fair point Hamish. I think you're absolutely right like um, a lot of these matches have traditionally been a fait accompli and you wouldn't get up in the night and just catch the result in the morning and watch a replay of the All Blacks sort of charging to a 50.1 well my friends and I are going to meet at midnight on uh, Sunday night and get a couple of beers on board and try and hang in there till 3, 5, 3.05 kick off and then there we are at 5am when the game finishes. It could be a, a shaky Sunday but um, because of the recent run of results, the fact there's uncertainty about outcomes, the fact that the All Blacks are under pressure, we're really enthused because as, you, as Linda mentioned, like um, foregone conclusions are dull. They, 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 they turn people off. They, they stop watching and a game where you don't know the outcome, that's exciting. Guy? Hamish, um, your cell phone reception is appalling, so I don't even want to ask you a question. But I've got, no, I've got to ask... Brag about it. Um, oh, lovely. Shout out to Hastings. I think you said Hastings somewhere in there. But yeah, I was just going Hastings, to ask, yeah. is, all this coach, is all this criticism of the coach warranted? Like, we're being quite harsh on um, Ian Foster or whatever his name is. Yes, it is entirely. Um, he was the wrong man picked by the wrong people. There's a wider sort of disgust around the entire game and New Zealand rugby's handling of it. That, that, that doesn't help. And so people like Sam Kane, who's the captain, and no one likes him, no one rates him. He's, he's a victim of the dislike of Foster and the dislike of New Zealand rugby. Don't hold back he's there, man. Fella. <laughs> you're, coming at, you're coming at harsh, but I've, I've watched rugby. For, I, I love it. I love the heat. Um, I've watched New Zealand. I've followed New Zealand rugby for the last fifteen years, where they've been the best team in the world. Like the people on top, there's a lot of things you can criticise them about, but I feel like their management of the All Blacks and the coaching and the leadership has been superb for so long. Do you not give them the benefit of the doubt, or have the people in charge changed? They have changed, yes. And one of the things that winning does is it sort of solves all problems. If you're someone like me who used to, I don't do it anymore, thankfully. If you deal with the All Blacks on a weekly, daily basis, you're treated like scum. And you have mm. to tolerate that because you need something from them. And, and they work on the idea of All Blacks exceptionalism and the exceptionalism of the staff that work for New Zealand rugby. And you're reminded at all times of your insignificance compared to them. And people wear that because they're such a successful team. But when the losses accumulate, uh, when the bad decisions accumulate, then people like me who've had enough, who've been treated badly, start to say so. And um, that's what we're seeing at the moment. 
Hey, Mitch, can I just ask you a quick question? You know how yeah. your um your syndicate's gone for a uh, All Blacks win? Is there not sort of a small part of you then wants to put a little sneaky bet the other way? Well, the odds aren't as good, and I win both ways. The South Africans win, I'm delighted, because we're one step closer to the end of Ian Foster, and if the All Blacks win, then I've got a few bob. You're a hard man, Hamish. You're a really hard man. Gosh, you're a hard sports man, but a lovely hit for the programme. Kia ora, Hamish. It's, um Hamish Bridwell there, sports writer and journalist. It's 18 to 5. Uh, the panel, a panel news flash. Panel news flash just coming through. Um, uh, is it from your mum? Is no, she at the airport? No, but uh, close. There is someone picking someone up from the airport. Hannah, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. am actually just in the pickup drop off zone at Auckland Domestic Airport right now. Just All right, this is breaking over. news, uh, uh, Hannah. So um, you're at the airport now. Who are you picking up? Uh, my friend, Paul. Why do you pick them up? Um, because I always pick up people from the airport. I, it just seems like the right thing to do. Why can't you tell Paul to take an Uber and you can reimburse him? Um, he offered, but I insisted. But wouldn't you actually be a a better friend if you parked and then you went inside with a little sign that said, Paul? He's only been in Christchurch for a week visiting his mother. It's not like like I haven't seen him for for a while. Guy. Watch out for the fascists and the hivers who are there patrolling the the ten minute drop off pickup zone. Those guys are those guys are brutal. So be wary, wary at all times. Well, they are just doing that right now. So I'm going to have to do another round the block and come back and got to do a loop. Find another park. <laughs> hey, um, stay safe uh, in the pickup uh, zone, Hannah, and uh, stay locked to the panel. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Uh, She's a good sort because picking up somebody on the like right on the cusp of um, rush hour traffic that is very hey, Paul. You, if you're listening, Paul, mm. she's a keeper. Yeah, uh, it is fifteen to five now. This week we have been celebrating New Zealand's sporting achievements at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, but it's not just our sporting prowess that has been showcased. The opening ceremony drew praise from many around the world, including in Birmingham. The opening ceremony rehearsal was everything I could wish for. I was close to crying myself, wrote Robson McAllister in the Birmingham Mail. Well, it so happens that Christchurch-born Corey Baker was the chief choreographer behind the opening ceremony performance. I spoke with Corey before the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Where are you now? I'm in Birmingham still, and I'm just in a taxi driving back from the NEC. I've just watched the Silver Fern. Play England, and unfortunately, the Silver Ferns lost. Yeah, but uh, they were, they fought it hard, and it was a great game, and it's great to be a New Zealander here at the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> when did you first get the news that you would be working on the opening ceremony, no less? <laughs> yeah, um, it was over a year ago. I was um, in Scotland. Um, I was in Scotland working on an, an, another project, a, a film for the BBC called Blown. And we're actually on the Rainbow Warrior Greenpeace boat. And I was just about to step on the boat. It was 7 a.m. in the morning. And the chief creative officer gave me a call and said, hey, would you like to choreograph the opening ceremony? <laughs> and I thought he was joking uh, at the time. And, of course, I said yes. Um, and, and a year of hard work later, um, the ceremony went up at Alexander Stadium to 35,000 people live and 1 billion people on television across the world. 
so it was it was pretty epic. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty washed. A billion people across the world watching it, and you know, you, you, you never know how these things are going to go. You thought it was a joke, but here you are, you did it, and by all accounts, uh, the ceremony went off. How did you feel after it finished? Do you know what? It was, it's, it's one of these things. I've never quite done anything like it before. You, I can't tell you the amount of work my team and I have, have done on this. And it's just, it's a, it's a grueling beast, uh, a ceremony. It's a, it's a lot of um, work. However, um, what's strange about this is that it's all over in a blink of an eye. You know, yeah. normally you do a show, you do a film, and you can go see it in the cinema, or you get to edit it, it carries on for a long time. But this project, to all the work that we did, was over in three hours, just like that. Um, but I was really, really proud. I was really, really happy. Um, it's been a bit of a come down since, sort of going, oh, gosh, what is life like? <laughs> um, not working on Commonwealth Games every second of, of being awake. But, yeah, no, it, it's been a real joy. I, you know, we had... 1,800 performers in it. It was a two and a half thousand workforce. So when I mean I've never done anything this big before, I just, re- just really nothing's come close. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. <laughs> and you have done some pretty significant things. You've done uh, work for the All Black ceremonies. You've choreographed the dance for COP26 to a Lord song. But this is really next level, isn't it? Um, has your phone been off the hook since? My phone has been crazy. I've had to like just turn it off at times and just sort of it, it sit in the um, like I don't know enjoyment of it and not try and get pulled away from you know life. Um, it's been you know really really amazing messages from home. I, I think a few people found out that I was doing it and there was a bit of kicky press. So I really appreciate all the love from back home and supporting. You know, I think I'm the first Kiwi to, to choreograph an opening ceremony um, of the Commonwealth Games, which is pretty pretty fun. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely uh, all my work today has helped me get here, but nothing has been as as, as big as this. It is extraordinary, Corey. Um, we're we're going to be talking to a, a local um, what do you call it, Birminghamite, very very shortly on the city itself because that's been one of the stars uh, as well. But Birmingham is also it's kind of a second home to you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I moved to Birmingham around, I think, a, a decade ago. Isn't it awful to describe things to the word decade? But um, that is that's the truth. And I think when I got here, I, it was my first ever professional assistant choreographic job. And I actually got my very, very first professional choreographic commission here in Birmingham. So for me, this is a real creative home. And to Full circle, 10 years later, be making a gigantic ceremony just felt really nice and it felt really poignant to me to celebrate Birmingham um, and, uh, you know, and be a part of the Commonwealth myself, you know, obviously uh, from New Zealand. Just all these ties felt really, really right to be making the show. It's just an amazing story, uh, Corey. Kia ora to you. Thank you very much for being with us here on the panel and go well. Look forward to seeing what you do next. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, we had the Lord Mayor of Birmingham, uh, Maureen Cornish, on the panel yesterday. And I just wanted to know more about the city. You know, layered history. Joan Armour Trading grew up there. Tolkien's from there. The vacuum cleaner is from there. And so is Dave. (laughs) Dave, welcome to the panel. Can you hear us, Dave? Nope. 
We can't, we can't hear it. We'll try and get him. Linda, have you been following the Commonwealth Games or not? No, I haven't, sadly. I assume it's on Sky. I don't have Sky, so that's the end of that. So that's but, um, that? I watched, I mean, I've, looked, I've looked at the pictures on the, uh, on the news sites. It doesn't seem as, I don't know, it's, it's sort of a shame, either. isn't it? Because I, I watch the Olympics, it was on. You know what I mean? If it's on, I'll watch it. Guy? Um, no, I would have loved to see the opening ceremony. I did not know New Zealand was doing it, so I'm very proud of that. But in terms of the sport... It really is a bizarre event, the Commonwealth Games. I saw a funny tweet the other day that said, the Commonwealth Games are funny. They're like, sorry for about colonising all of your countries. Who wants to play ping pong? Right. Dave is here. Dave, welcome. Yeah, I'm back. Kia ora, good afternoon. Oh, kia ora, Dave. You were apparently born on the site of the current stadium. Yeah, supposedly so. Um, there was a whole lot of prefabricated houses that were built after the war because there was such a shortage of uh, houses, as you can imagine. Um, and um, I was born in 1960, and there were still some left. So, uh, yeah, born in, born in one of those houses, and then later they, they built the stadium there. Wow. Do you miss Birmingham at all? Oh, listen, I do, actually. I think it's a way better city now than when I used to live there. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it, the, the history is still fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I used to commute into town on the train and you'd go past some of the canals. And honestly, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near them. It, it might be the last thing you do if you fell in. Um, wow. But now they're cleaned up more, more miles of canals than Venice. And there's fantastic wow. old boats flying their trade and bars and pubs next to the canal. And the city centre's been renovated. It's a, it's a great city centre now. I think it's a lot better than it used to be. Yeah, it's really rejuvenated. Huh? Just before you go, then, what are a couple of sites of significance? I mean, Wellington has got a uh, a bucket fountain. Auckland has a tower. <laughs> Birmingham? Uh, well, I don't know how they could compete with that. But um, Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah, maybe, the, maybe the canal. You know, the, the canals are pretty cool. Beautiful. The city and, of canals. They're right in the city centre. You know, they're right in the city centre. You've got ancient, well, not ancient history, but you've got very old canals and brand new apartment blocks right next to them and old boats toodling along. Um, and, you know, bars and nightclubs and restaurants adjacent to that. So it's pretty cool. As my sort of city. Hey, Dave, thank you for being with us here on the panel. I love it. Uh, that's uh, Dave there from the city of Birmingham. Seven to five, the panel, Linda Hallinan and Guy Williams uh, with me. Now, this is a really beautiful story out of Kati Kati. Those doing their bit for the community have been celebrated at the New Zealand Mural Contest Prize Giving. The theme was Kati Kati's Unsung Heroes of 2020, and nine local heroes were chosen to be painted these beautiful canvases by the competing artists. The winning artist was Andrea Green for her portrait of Sue Spriggins, who represented the Kati Kati Christian Food Bank. And Sue is with us now. Welcome to the panel, Sue. Thank you. I have seen an image. So here we have a large canvas, a portrait of you. It's quite a thing to have. When did you find out that you were going to have your portrait painted like this? Uh, It was back in 2020. Um, They were going to do it for the mural contest, but that had to be cancelled because of COVID. And... um, I thought I'd got away with not having it done, but <laughs> 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 but no, it came back. 
what is it like having your portrait up on display at the Owls Junction? Because it's a big picture of you, Seuss Briggins. Yes, it is. And um, <laughs> it's been very humbling, to be honest. I, I've really struggled with even putting, having my name put forward mm. because I, I am part of a team. And, um, yeah, I didn't really like to be singled out. But over time, I've sort of thought, well, someone's got to stand up for the food bank. Yeah. And, you know, this is part of my role. I just love this. I just love this beautiful story. Linda, isn't it fantastic that you've got these extraordinary portraits, these canvases of oils of people who do the real work in the community as opposed to, you say, your um, uh, your your B-minus celebrities like Guy Williams? There's an absolutely gorgeous portrait of Marg Jordan. She's holding a chicken yes. underneath what yes. looks like, I'm assuming, is a lemon tree. Oh, maybe it's kiwi fruit. It's kiwi fruit, I think. Kiwi fruit vine. Yeah. And she just looks so happy. And then there's a picture of her posing next to it, and she looks exactly... Oh, I love this story. It's so good. Yeah. And Marg was my predecessor. She she um, kept that food bank going for years, and she's in her 90s. And, you know, the, it's increased incredibly since I took over the demand and everything. But I take my hat off to Marg. She um, is an amazing woman, and, um, yeah, I've got big shoes to fill with her. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, because I like, how did you find this calling to do this charitable endeavour? Like, for young people out there who want to get involved in making their community a better place, how do you get into something like this? You just got to ring up and ask if you if we can use you, and we don't turn anybody down. Um, I, I took on this, I had put my hand up to be a representative, but um, when we got to the first lot of COVID, um, because... Most of the volunteers were 70-plus. They weren't allowed out, so they had decided they were going to shut the food bank down, and I thought, they can't do that at this sort of time. And so I I got moving and got a team together, um, and we got the thing up and running. They had no food to start with, and we managed to um, campaign the community, and the community were marvellous and we haven't been without food since. It's just, it's a really uh, well-supported uh, organisation within our community. The, the community's wonderful. And today we had truckloads of food arrive, well, carloads, um, that had been collected by the college. Some of the senior students had done an initiative for a food um, campaign for the week for the food bank and they rolled up today with three carloads of cans and all sorts of stuff. Just amazing. It just goes to show how well-loved the Katikati Christian Food Bank is and you yourself, Sue Spriggins, but that wider issue of actually creating these portraits to celebrate and honour those amongst us in the communities who often don't get uh, you know, uh, messaged about much, much. It's celebrating them, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and... Um yeah, it was interesting at the prize giving. Everybody got up and said the same thing that it's not about them. It's it, you know behind them as a team. It's all about the team, and um, and that's what it is. You know. So, so can I ask you a quick question? Do you think um, I reckon you should buy that painting? And if you can't buy it, do you reckon you could get a print made? You could make really good Christmas cards to send to all your mates. 
It's oh, a great my, picture. my kids are already going to have it on mugs and all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic. Hey, Sue, thanks for being with us on the panel. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.